Hey there, my name's Chris Rivers, and I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. In each episode, I explore leadership strategies that increase your capacity and effectiveness with people. During each show, I interview thought leaders, hear their leadership stories, and discuss ways to become better problem solvers and people developers. Visit culturebus.cc to access additional tools focused on each episode so you can create forward movement with your team. Okay, let's dive into today's show. I have a special guest, Mark Carter. Mark, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. Chris, I'm super pumped to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Well, Mark, you and I, we go way back. Maybe you could tell our listeners where you're located and how we first interacted with one another. Yes, sir. So I am in Lake County, Illinois. I lead a church called Fierce Church. And years ago now, uh, we actually reached out to Chris to see if he could help us with some culture stuff. And honestly, it's, Chris, I, I don't want to embarrass you, but it's hard for me to overstate um, what a significant impact you had on our team because you invited us out. I think we've done two different staff advances with you that you designed. Um, yeah. And you really taught us about culture, how to talk about it. Um, how to create, how to message it. And um, you, you're too humble to admit it, but we're one of the folks that you had a dramatic impact on through your ministry and we're super grateful for it. I think, um, I think that was like six, seven years ago or whatever when we met, but we've really profited from it. Man, those were some fun times. Tell us a little bit about, I appreciate those kind words. Tell us a little bit about what a staff advance is. I hear you say that and I got to be a part of it, but maybe our listeners don't even know how to wrap their mind around it. What, what is involved in that? Yeah, so we ripped this term off, um, staff advance rather than staff retreat. We want to advance, not retreat. We ripped it off from somebody. I don't think that's original to us, but um, I love it. What, what we love about it is there's both a learning component, but there's also a significant relational component. So we just finished one probably three weeks ago, and we went away to a giant B&B house, okay. uh, uh, Airbnb house. And the point is the, the, the team comes together and kind of hangs out for a couple of days, but there's also some kind of content that we're digesting that's different than what we would normally do at church. So we're, we're learning yeah. something or we're trying to figure out a problem like culture. Uh, that you've done with us a couple times. So um, it's just, it's outside your normal context where you get to grow as a team and then grow an understanding about something. Yeah, that's true. And and that probably leads us into what I wanted to talk about with you today is the fierce code and which is some of the stuff that we worked on and some of our other staff advances, but maybe tell us a little bit about what the fierce code is and you know, why that matters to you guys as a church. Yeah, so this is just our language of stating, hey, here's how we do it here. Mm -hmm. um, wherever other churches you've been at, those are wonderful, but there's a particular way, there's, a, there's a, a certain code of conduct that we're trying to protect. This informs, hey, this is what we'll take a bullet for. This is what needs to win if there's ever a conflict of values. Yeah. So with some, it exalts how you want your people to think about a certain thing. So one of them is, we'll severely inconvenience ourselves to help people find our, their way back to God. We yeah. say that all the time. We say it everywhere so that everyone always understands, hey, man, if you're making church about you, you're doing it wrong. We need to keep yeah. this about lost people. Hmm. For each code, there's probably something um, that we're, we're trying to save the day from. So in other words, the reason we have to say this is because there's a potential you'll go the wrong way. And mm -hmm. so we have to keep these before people. So there's one, the rest that are smart and strong. And what yeah. we mean by that is it's super normal in ministry to burn out because you're working so hard. 
um, mm-hmm. and to forget that it's about abiding. And yes, Jesus wants us to work with excellence, but we've also got to refill. And actually, mm-hmm. we can't even hear from him after a while if we never stop. And so we just draw a line in the sand and say, hey, listen, you're smarter, you're stronger for the organization if you make sure you're rested. And we say that all the time just to get people to almost rolls off the tongue. So when they're in that moment of like, should I keep going or should I rest? They know, yeah. oh, dude, this is something we're supposed to do. Yeah, that's so, so good. I think it started with, with a lot of these. It started kind of aspirational. You know what I'm saying? So we're a 10-year-old church plant. Okay. And in the beginning, I don't think most church plants even know what they are doing or what they are. Or like, what is their actual personality? I don't know. So we picked some of like, well, here's who we want to be. But then after a few years, you got to clarify those and, and say, is that true? Are we actually that? So in other words, I think I would encourage everybody, if, if you're just getting into the culture conversation, you don't really want it to remain aspirational. At some point, it has to be everyone would say, yes, that's true of yeah. us. That's convincing. Um, and so that's how it's, we've probably got even more that we'll do over the next few years. We'll refine stuff. We'll hone stuff. Yeah. But then again, we're always messaging it from the pulpit. We're putting it in, the, in service. We're putting it out through loops, through our volunteer, you know, uh, meeting in the morning before church. We call it the boom. Um, we're talking about it a lot. So we just try to keep it for the people and say, this is what it means to be at Fierce. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the, I remember way back in the day when we started to do this and you kind of presented some of these things. We went through a series of exercises. We did a bunch of different things to try to help us clarify whether they were aspirational or actual, right? And so do you re- recall some of the things that we did or was there anything during some of those staff advances that you enjoyed that stood out to you? You know, I can remember a couple different things, Chris. I remember one exercise that you were leading, like you brought, broke us up into groups and then you kept trying to get us to clarify like the heart and soul behind everything it means to be us. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in a weird way, not in like a self-exalting way of just like, hey man, let's just pull it apart and what ends up being true no matter what. What can you eventually not take away anything else from? Yeah, um, That's really the, the name Fierce bubbled to the top and that was actually before we renamed the church Fierce. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, you also made us, and this was, this was different. It's probably different now, but at the time yeah. we hadn't really done a lot with forcing ourselves to do video. And so you yeah. made us like write these little scripts and do these little, uh, code videos that would clarify for people. And obviously you have to clarify it for yourself to clarify it for anybody else. Um, yeah. now I think we're much more like, uh, insistent that videos have to happen. But at the time that was super uncomfortable. And so making us do all those things really helped move that forward, I think. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Our, our, we call those things test drive assignment. So there's different components of a test drive assignment that I remember us working through. We were digesting ideas, we were dissecting ideas, and we were delivering those ideas into our life. And man, they, they shaped me, man. I, I think about the code all the time. And we'll make sure that we reference um, the code in the show notes. We'll put that link there. But man, that was a lot of fun. I've thoroughly enjoyed being able to wrestle with those ideas with you. And uh, man, it made me a better person. Yes, sir. We loved it. Well, that's good. Well, each week we ask our guests to share a leadership tip. And I was hoping that you could share a leadership tip with us that you think would be critical for us as leaders to implement in our day-to-day and why that's important. Yeah, brother, I would love to. So one of the things that we've been kind of walking through over the past few years is how do we avoid spending a lot of time and money on initiatives that sound kind of good, but ultimately turn into a dead end or they mm-hmm. discourage us on our people, leave us frustrated. In other words, how do we make decisions about 
when to innovate and, and buy into a creative idea. Let's say somebody brings a creative idea or somebody has a creative idea. When do you really, you know, work on that? And when do you be like, hey, you know what? I don't think this is going to go where, where we thought it was going to go or we're not as good at this as we thought we could be and yeah. let it go. So for us, when we first started 10 years ago, you know, dude, there's like not a ton of people. You can turn on a dime. You can make a decision this weekend and pull it off by next weekend. Sure. Um, now that doesn't mean it, it goes well, <laughs> but you could do it. So yeah. we could pull off a trunk or treat in three weeks, you know, if we needed to. But sometimes, you know, that would hype things up, but the product was not necessarily well thought through. Or you'd have yeah. another entire like ministry you try to start and then it falls flat um, three months in. And then you're like, well, let's pretend that didn't happen or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if you're going to experiment, that kind of thing is going to happen. And what can happen is you ultimately waste a lot of time and money. You can create nervousness among your leadership because they're like, oh my gosh, what are they going to try next? And is it really going to work? And we've also found the fact that you didn't take the time to roll it out slow means you didn't get enough angles. You didn't, you didn't see it from enough perspectives for this thing to work well. So we, we'd make a decision, and we, uh, even with an entire process, we're going to roll this out you know, by the middle of the month. And we just found that, that ultimately it was exciting because you could do it, but it hurt you because it really wasn't, it didn't help your culture and it didn't produce a great product. Now, at the end of that, you spent a lot of time and money and you have multiple programs that half work and people are, they're not necessarily bought in. And so, all right, guys, I want to pause the interview for a moment and just share an opportunity that I'm offering in 2020. I'm a huge advocate of side projects, of taking an idea and building it and launching it to see what happens, because you never know what it could become until you get it out of your head and into the world. So one of my goals for 2020 is to help leaders build and launch their ideas. So if you have something that you've always wanted to do or make, but you just haven't, I'd love to hear what you're struggling with and how I could help you launch your side project. To get started, you can visit culturebus.cc, click on side projects, or check out the show notes for more information. All right, let's get back to my interview with Mark Carter as he's about to share three ways that you can avoid spending time and money on initiatives that sound good, but ultimately turn into a dead end. We wanted to come up with a process and we call it the building blocks for better decisions on what to actually do. It's kind of a long title, but that's just how we think about it. Yeah. It's made of these key ideas. And, and most of your listeners will recognize these from like Jim Collins books, Built to Last, Good to Great, Great by Choice. We're using his language. I really believe he just discovered things the Bible already said. He gives a framework how to use that in an organization. And so where we start is with his principle in Built to Last, try a lot of stuff and keep what works. And of course, Solomon already said this in Ecclesiastes eleven six: keep on sowing your seed for you never know which one will grow. Perhaps it all will. And so this idea is the value of being able to experiment with multiple maybes to see which one might work. Hmm. And what's great about this is you're not necessarily committing to long-term to anything in case yeah. it doesn't work. You can just, you can be like, Hey man, that's just how we do it. We, we try stuff and then we walk away. It also can occasionally tap something really deep that God really wants to use. Like, Oh my gosh, that was just God. We were just, we were guessing and it ended up being God. It may ignite some passions in, in certain gifts that you didn't know were there. It may open up avenues for relational doors that you didn't know you were going to run into or need. So we, we've had a couple versions of this. So we went and visited on a staff advance. I'm sure we, were, we spent some time with you, Chris. We went and visited New Spring years ago, and we ran yeah. into the prayer and prayer ministry. And we were so mm-hmm. captivated by that. We're like, well, hey, let's just go try it. So we went home, and this doesn't work with a lot of things. You know, you try to transplant something, doesn't work quite the same way. But this one really did work. Yeah, we've tried um, these different 
things called summer suppers with our small groups. We tried ultimately years ago, we tried something that turned into our sword girl conferences, which is one of the things that has actually God has really, you know, blessed over time. But that was just from a, Hey man, let's just find out if this could possibly let's, let's try it and see if it works. Yeah. We've also tried something. So is that, so really quick, Mark, is that the first building block is just try something? I think it's the cultural value of you get to try stuff. In other words, you don't have to. And and so, you know, like one of the things I would recommend if someone wanted to, you know, a little bit explore this is you got to give your top people the freedom to imagine and experiment and not micromanage their creativity. So there's Mm -hmm. a certain amount of, it's just okay to try stuff. Yeah. As long as we can afford it and you know, it's, it's not going to jack up too much. You just have, it's like the cultural value of permission Mm -hmm. versus everything has to kind of funnel through one key person or something like that. That's that's good. Okay. That's good. Some of the dangers of it is you may, it's true. You might spend a lot of time and money on something that was a dud. You might wear your people out if you don't have some limits on what you'll try, which is why there's more steps to this. Yeah. So that would be building block number one. Then you go on to big, hairy, audacious goals. Again, this is from built to last. And just to clarify, if people aren't familiar with that, sometimes you hear it called BHAGs. What that is, is it's a slightly daunting challenge that catalyzes the energies of the team or the church or the organization. And of course, uh, it's, it's about believing big, right? So in church world, it's like, hey man, God can do infinitely more than all we could ever dare ask to hope for, you know, mm-hmm. Ephesians 3.20. But it's just the idea of like, hey man, let's get together and dream. So mm-hmm. for us on, on the team, that just looks like there's regular times on the team where we say, hey man, what could God do? You know, if we just, if we took off all the, the restraints. What could you imagine God doing through us? So it might be like, well, you know, we might, if we started this digital campus or if we moved from this kind of do, way we, we're doing worship behind the scenes to click tracks, it might mm-hmm. be something like we could do this with a capital campaign or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's powerful about it is it can create momentum, a lot of unity, and, and people just have a sense of we're dreaming together. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, you have to have some questions after a while. So first it's like, Hey man, that's wow. That's awesome. We're all excited about that. And then you begin to ask the questions. Then you start to ask questions like, is this something that makes sense given our history? Cause you can dream up stuff that would be dumb for you to do. Yeah. Right? Um, right. Yeah. questions like, is this us? Do we really have any genuine sense that God wants us to do this here? And that doesn't take away from try a bunch of stuff and see what works because just because you don't know that God wants to bless it doesn't mean he doesn't. Um, yeah. It just means there's a little bit of carefulness to, we're not just going to try anything if that's very foreign to who we've been. That's right? good. So an example for us would be, hey man, um, you guys should start having a, there's a lot of great VBSs in our, in our community. Um, mm-hmm. You guys should start having one too. Well, honestly, we have no history with that that has worked very well. There's a lot of yeah. great folks all, already in the area. So that might be one that we'd put on the back burner of like, I don't know that that's the best thing for us to give our energies to versus mm-hmm. something we've already had some success with. So trying stuff, creating goals, like audacious goals and dreaming together as a team. Chris, then you add the third building block, which is bullets before cannibals. Again, this is from Jim Collins, great by choice. But a scriptural, you know, idea here is Proverbs 19, 2. Desire without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste with his feet misses the way. And so I've just really done this wrong a lot Mm -hmm. where we were excited about something. Let's just jump to it. Let's get into it. And instead, we have to apply these two ideas, the bullet and the cannonball. Hmm. Okay, now you've had time. You have permission to dream. You guys got together to dream, and you decided, hey, man, maybe this, maybe that. But then at some point, you have to fire a bullet. A bullet is a low-risk, low-cost, low-distraction experiment 
that provides helpful data about what actually works. So instead of doing the big thing, you do the little version. A cannonball is, is the big version. It is the higher cost, higher That's time right. investment that you go all in on because now you know, oh, this is actually going to work. We're going to blow a hole in the side of this thing. We're going to fire 10 cannonballs because That's this good. is now calibrated. It's aimed right. We know why it works. We know that it will work. And so now we can just put power behind it. Hmm. An example for us was, and this was years ago now, but we started this little women's retreat slash conference, you know, just honestly, it wasn't very big. Girls just got to go away and be girly and, and, and study God's word together. And over time that began to gain momentum. And each time we were just firing bullets, Hey, this is the little version. And then we tweak yeah. it a little bit. And then, then you evaluate and then you ask better questions and then you tweak it again. And, and every year you're firing these bullets until finally, we didn't even have a building when we started doing this. And yeah. then when we finally got a building was when we were like, all right, man, I feel like we know enough about what we're doing. So let's fire a cannonball. And we did. And that is now our sword girl conference. Hmm. And it, but it was rightly aimed. We knew some of the conversations that we needed to, you know, uh, it, they were going to be more difficult. We knew who should be on the team and who shouldn't. But that was all because we had plenty of time to do the bullet version before we did the cannonballs. That's good. I'll tell you a horror story because yes, that's a good success story. But <laughs> yeah, tell me a horror. How's this not played out well? Because I've got plenty of them, but I'd rather you share yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Years ago, we decided, hey man, we want to go multi-site. Okay. And our, we we didn't have the right questions though. Our question was really, could we possibly do this rather than should we do this? Um, and so after a few years, or sorry, not even years, after like nine months, we had to go ahead and on multi-site. And the reason was because we hadn't fired any bullets. In mm. other words, we had a satellite campus that was very well planned, but we had not actually done it in a small version. What we should have mm. done was say, Hey man, let's just do this monthly and see how it goes. See if it grows, wow. see if it gets bigger. What we didn't understand was because even though we could pull it off, our volunteer culture was not strong enough to make it last. And yeah. so that, that was a perfect example of, dude, you fired the cannonball. You should have fired a bullet first. Gotcha. There's another church, and this is even worse. There's a church that we have connection with who um, back in the day, they started a, this ginormous capital campaign because they were like, this is going to help us grow. We're going to build all this stuff, you know, add on to the building. And it's going to be really expensive, but it's going to help the church grow. The problem is they had no bullet version of that. So everything was really dependent on that working. And it didn't work. They fired this ginormous cannonball. And then they're slowly slipping into bankruptcy because they did that. So that's just an example of this isn't even just little things. This is big things. You better know that you know that you know that this, these bullets will work before you try the cannonball. I'm not saying that you don't have risks, but I'm just saying sure, sure. why not take a risk after you've already fired some small bullets that don't take a lot of gunpowder and doesn't matter if you miss. Yeah, so good. So these three blocks, you've got the try stuff, which is get ready to try things. You've got the, the create audacious goals with a group of people to collaborate together. So you're aiming at that point. And then you're, you're taking low cost, low risk bullets, shooting bullets instead of cannonballs. So at this point you're firing, but you're not firing the big cannons. You're just trying something small just to see where that is. Is there a fourth building block or is, is that just you just keep repeating those three over and over again? You keep repeating those three, but you have to introduce the questions into the bullet. So it's not just, can you pull it off? But the bullets are going to give you information. So you're asking questions like, what didn't we expect that turned out being true? Because there's difference than what is on paper and what actually happens. Who did this impact that we didn't anticipate? So we launched a 
we were, we were updating our church management software and we had this entire rollout process. It took a long time. We were really proud of like, Hey man, yeah, we didn't just fire a, a cannonball right away. But what ended yeah. up happening was we severely impacted an entire ministry team that we mm. didn't know how, that this was going to affect them in that way. In fact, we didn't even know they used the church management software the way that they did. Wow. This is an example of, man, we found that out a little bit too late. And so now we've just learned to ask the question, who does this impact that we didn't know it impacted? Or what problems did we find that we didn't know that was going to be there? Hmm. If that makes sense. So you have to look at all that stuff because that's where the learning is. It's not just do it in small versions and then do it in big versions. Yeah. So you got to ask some questions after the building block three to help you recalibrate and get back to starting again at building block one, two, and three again. You do. And there has to be some patience in building Brock three because you want to fire bullet version one and then you fire bullet version two and you might want to fire even bullet version three before you fire that cannonball. So your innovation continues to grow before it's really higher stakes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Man, that is so good. I love these. They're very practical. And I think probably where I can grow the most is probably bullet three. I love cannonballs. <laughs> and uh, I've learned by trial and error too, that sometimes I don't need to go all out. You know, I can give my whole life away to something. And before I know it, I'm like, wait a second, that did, I didn't need to exert so much energy towards that. Well, man, that's so good. Is there anything else you'd want to share with us about that tip or uh, just anything encouraging you might want to share with us as leaders? I think so, Chris. And, and let me just say again that I so appreciate you. I so appreciate your, your podcast. I know that your listeners really are. Like, I'm not just saying this. I listen to your podcast. There's great value in it. So I'm so thankful for you. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that I would, I would add to this that will hopefully speak add a a component of your personal walk with God to it is, and everybody knows this, but I think we all need to be reminded there can be such a, a a rush in ministry to get things done. Hmm. And we don't end up listening to God long enough to ask Hmm. what is his agenda? What is his strategy? And you know, the Bible's just full of uh, places where the people didn't ask God or they ignored his advice, you know, Joshua, the, the Israelites, they just went ahead and did what, what was in their own human wisdom. And, mm. and really that's, that's presumption. And I just mm. think as leaders, we just need to make sure just because you can go fast, doesn't mean it's a smart thing to do. And so part true. of this process is slowing down and saying, Jesus, you are the one who gets to steer everything I do, whether it's in church or out of church, how yeah. do you want to impact my leadership today? And that requires staying connected to the Bible. Like, you know, mm. most of us would agree that no prayer is us talking to God, but the Bible is God talking to us. Not that he doesn't talk in other ways, but that, that's the primary way. That's and so, so we just a deep word life. If you're going to lead, you need to stay connected deeply. Lord, I need yeah. to hear from you again through your word to make sure I'm not uh, doing something fun and cool and, and something even church world would applaud, but it's not God for us. Man, well, that's so good. Thanks for leaving us with that, Mark. I really appreciate that. Thank you for joining us, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime. Well, as we finish today's episode, I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to encourage you to utilize the Making Good Decisions tool that Mark and I made specifically for this episode. This tool is great for helping you build proficiency and knowing when to innovate and buy into a creative idea without losing a lot of time and money. It's a great resource you can use in a staff meeting, as well as language you can use in your day-to-day life. Email me at hello at culturebus.cc and I'll send you the leader guide or check out the show notes for more information. And if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, I would love your help in getting the word out. You can do that by subscribing to your favorite podcasting platform, giving us a review and telling others about the show. 
All right. See you next time on the Culture Bus Tools podcast.